And hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit Podcast, talking about politics, talking about education and that kind of wonky place where the two intersect. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And it's been a busy week at the Idaho Legislature as we're getting ready to uh, get a look at what the K-12 budget is going to look like for next year. Clark, you've been kind of sorting through what the numbers look like. What have you learned? Yeah, I had a chance to meet with some of the members of the Joint Budget Committee who are going to convene on Monday morning to begin setting the public school budget. And what I found out after interviewing several of the committee members is there's a group of about seven or eight lawmakers on that committee who are drafting a public school budget that would increase spending by about 7.4% next year. They're talking about $110 million, almost 111. So there's a couple interesting things right off the bat with that big number, uh, without even drilling down any further. First of all, that's a little bit below the recommendation that Governor Otter gave. 7.9% is what he called for in his State of the State address. And, and dep- it's below Abara's. And it's below Abara's. Depending on how you calculate hers, that was either 75 or 76. So it's a little bit below both the governor and the superintendent. And there's a couple reasons, Kevin, for that. First mm-hmm. of all, uh, the governor, it looks like he underestimated student enrollment growth that the budget committee wants to fund. I think he was off by maybe 47 classrooms. Um, those are called support units. And so that was a little high. There's also a couple of other things that have changed since Uh, The beginning days of the session, Uh, state revenues are falling a little bit behind year-to-date projections. Lawmakers are a little bit nervous uh, about that. They also want to save some money for things like health and welfare and and corrections. There's also some lawmakers who just altogether want to slow the growth of government spending. So, But there are a couple of things that do appear safe within the budget, and these are things that likely are two of the major priorities that most everybody has identified this year. So what those are, that's increasing teacher pay for the second year in a row under the career ladder salary law, and that's restoring some of the recession-era cuts uh, to districts' operation funding. That's called discretionary spending Mm -hmm. in in budget uh, budget parlance, but uh, those two things are safe. They're going to go with the governor and the state superintendent on those kind of two Big ticket items, so those should make it in there uh, Monday when the budgets start but a, coming. But a together. lot of variables that probably won't get answered on Monday. When when the when JFAC comes out with a budget number on Monday, it may not be the final figure. It may not be the bottom line. In fact, the JFAC uh, co-chairwoman, uh, Representative Maxine Bell, uh, and Representative Winnie Horman told me that exact same thing. And this has to do with this delicate balance between the policy and the mm-hmm. budget side right. that we've seen mm-hmm. every year. And so what's going to happen is for major initiatives that have not made it all the way through the legislative process, JFAC anticipates writing trailer bills. Okay, but st- stop right there. Yeah. A trailer bill is not a bill that was written in a double wide. It's a, it's a term of legislative <laughs> art. What is a trailer bill and why should people be interested? A trailer bill is something that come, that follows, something that comes afterwards, like a trailer being towed behind your vehicle. Um, the, the vehicle is the budget, uh, the trailer bills are the things that come after. So there's things uh, that have not yet passed the legislature, and so the Budget Committee does not feel comfortable providing funding for those initially on Monday. So we're going to see a trailer bill, bills that address these individual proposals, perhaps one at a time, that will be coming forward after uh, the budget is set and Monday. What, and what's kind of interesting about that is 
what it means is that these these are little chunks of money for initiatives, and basically it gives the legislature uh, sort of veto power, line item veto power. If uh, if a lawmaker really doesn't like the literacy proposal, which we'll get to here in a sec, uh, they can vote against literacy and not have to vote against a whole public school budget. And also, we get to this legislative end game between the House and the Senate. Um, Bills like a spending bill for literacy could be one of those bills that gets held up while one house is kind of putting pressure on the other house to move a piece of legislation that's a high priority. So like maybe a tax cut bill? Like you never know. A tax cut bill, we've seen it happen before. So a lot of moving parts that we're going to be watching as this budget process really ramps up on Monday. But let's go to literacy because you've been tracking it all week. Last week we were talking about how literacy was in trouble. Now it just sort of sailed through the house all of a sudden. So uh, bring us up to speed. There are the two literacy bills that the house really looked at this week. Um, one of them, both of them, had been held up uh, throughout the month of February during the legislative process after some concerns emerged. The, the first bill that would uh, create reading improvement plans that passed easily through the Idaho House on Wednesday. Uh, there was a new rewritten literacy bill, which is a little bit more in-depth. It would spend some money, and that's the bill uh, that would create supplemental reading instruction for students in grades, kindergarten through third grade, who score below grade-level reading benchmarks. It's six, 30 to 60 hours of supplemental instruction. It's an optional all-day kindergarten piece for students who score at the lower level. The earlier version of that bill really seemed like it was in trouble, Last week on Friday, we told you that they had rewritten that bill, included some goal-setting provisions, some timelines, things like that. That thing sailed through the House this morning on Friday. I believe it was 62 to 2. Mm -hmm. Those are now on their way to the Senate, but since they have not cleared both legislative bodies, they will more than likely be addressed in a trailer bill. So if they receive funding, if they continue to pass, those would be separate spending bills that would come forward later. So momentum on the literacy front, but... Keep in mind, people, they haven't appropriated a nickel to any of these uh, literacy programs yet. That still has to unfold. Now, yet something that doesn't appear to have momentum at this point is Superintendent Ybarra's Rural Schools Center uh, proposal. If you remember, that was a $300,000 request in her budget that was not in the governor's budget. Uh, lawmakers said there's not enough details. They don't know how the plan would work. They don't know if uh, services would be duplicated. So it does not appear that that rural school center will move forward or receive funding. But we will be on top of that on Monday. Full report at IdahoEdNews.org. But Kevin, there was plenty more news this week aside from looking ahead at the budget. Uh, We talked about uh, the the Bible bill, Uh uh, and and you covered that in a Senate committee on Friday morning. What's the latest? Okay, so the Bible bill is going to hit the Senate floor in the next few days, and what's going to happen is uh, the bill is going to be amended. Now, the amendments that were talked about in the committee today, and this is the State Affairs Committee, so this is uh, leadership of both parties, a very powerful committee, uh, voted unanimously across party lines to send this bill to the Senate floor. But uh, this committee made it very, very clear what they want to see differently in the bill and two big differences that they want. First of all, they, they want language that is more inclusive, that we're talking about the Bible and other religious texts, or religious texts including the Bible, so it's not just a Bible bill. And a big change uh, would be to eliminate the idea that the Bible could be used in uh, as a reference work for the sciences. And the reason that that was targeted was 
to uh, kind of create some safeguards against using the Bible as a way of introducing creationism in science, which is unconstitutional. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court has ruled on that. So the Bible bill, which may be more of a religious texts bill once it gets uh, worked over on the Senate floor, is uh, still very much alive. But we've talked about this before. Um, yeah. When something hits the amending order in either house, any lawmaker can propose any amendment uh, that he or she wants. So it will be an interesting amendment process. Uh, kind of surprising to me, anyway, that the bill got out of committee uh, across party lines, but a lot of work still to be done. And so what we're talking about here in the final few weeks of the session, the bill would have to be amended in the Senate, it would have to pass the Senate, it would have to pass the House, all in a matter of a couple of weeks. So we'll, uh, we'll keep a close eye. Okay, I appreciate that. You mentioned the final few weeks of the session, we are a good ways into the session, and there are some issues that had been big-time issues in the last two legislative sessions, I'm thinking broadband here, mm -hmm. that haven't really drawn much discussion this year. Can, can you help me break down what some of those might be? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the, the time of the session where you can sort of start to set up sort of the, the graveyard of issues that really didn't get a whole lot of attention or didn't get a whole lot of, uh, didn't draw a whole lot of controversy. Broadband is still being talked about at the legislature, but really very little debate. Uh, you're going to have two bills uh, on the Senate floor that so far, at least in committee, everybody seems to like that would sort of uh, create a fund that would help districts uh, get broadband if, if they need help and, and get some guidance and sort of an advisory committee for schools. That seems to be uh, moving right along. Uh, but a lot of other issues that we've had a lot of discussion about during past sessions or heading into this session that really have kind of fizzled out. We thought that SBAC was going to be yeah, a big uh -huh. issue, Kevin, this year. There was a lawsuit. There were resolutions at the School Boards Association. What What's the latest right. on the SBAC? Everybody seems fairly satisfied with the idea that we're going to go forward with the SBAC exam this year in schools and we'll maybe review what sort of testing mechanism is used after the end of this three-year period. I thought there'd be more debate about SBAC. It's really not happened. Uh, Pre-K never got off the ground. There's really been no discussion legislatively about pre-K, but you know, nobody put it in their budget. The governor didn't. Sherry Abar didn't put it in her budget. Uh, so really no legislation on that front. And even issues that have been hot-button issues in the past, uh, parental rights. Uh, we will see a parental rights bill on the Senate floor first part of next week that, uh, again, got out of committee, across uh, party lines. Everybody seems to like it. It sort of reaffirms parental rights in the schools, but it also says that districts have uh, need only make uh, reasonable accommodation, uh, which basically means, you know, if they've made an effort and uh, they, they can't do any more in terms of, uh, they can't afford to do more, uh, they have some flexibility and some leeway. So Karen Echeverria of the School Boards Association, a group that's been concerned about parental rights issues in the past, they're fine with this bill because they think it actually gives districts a little bit more cover than they've had in the past. So, you know, we sit around before the session, we handicap what the big issues are going to be, and a lot of times we're wrong. And this is just what makes the legislative sessions fun to watch. All right. Well, sounds good. We've... I've been plenty busy with everything going on at the legislative session, but down the road a few miles, the state's largest school district still going through kind of some turbulent political waters with the recall process. A board member resigned last week. Several board members are going to fight the recalls. What, what's the latest, Kevin? Help me sort it out. Okay, so busy week in the West Data School District. Started actually last Friday. Yep. Uh, Julie Madsen, uh, one of the trustees who was facing a recall, she announced her resignation. 
Now, she has not been replaced on the school board yet. That may come uh, next week. Now, the other three trustees who have been targeted in the recall, they said on Tuesday, look, we're going to fight the recall, which means that come May 17th, you'll have three trustees on the ballot standing for recall. It'll be really interesting to see what sort of campaign and counter campaigns we see in, in the West Ada District as that, uh, as that recall uh, hits the ballot. Meanwhile, in the midst of all of this, uh, Marianne Reynolds, the new superintendent, did sign a contract extension. Um, and on my blog at idahoenews.org, I look at what she's making and how that compares with what uh, Linda Clark would have made if she had stayed on as a school superintendent. So, you know, crunch the numbers. It looks like a raise. It's not necessarily a raise. Go on my blog and I, I explain it. Yeah, sort it out. I, I appreciate that. It's been a busy week. This week, next week is going to be busy as well. You and I are going to start off Monday morning looking right and early. at... Right <laughs> 7 a.m. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, with the briefings. I'm looking forward to it. Um, sorting in to the school budget as it emerges, we think the biggest chunks of it will be set Monday. Like we talked about a few minutes ago, the trailer bills will materialize later for sort of the late-breaking policy bills if they do pass. We'll have full reports uh, all throughout the day on Monday on how the public school budget is shaping up. There's a couple other things on your radar, Kevin, and they have to do with the election. What's up? Yeah, uh, election season really starts to ramp up uh, for real uh, on Monday. This is the beginning of the two-week filing period for all candidates for legislature, and those are the races we're watching this year because those are the, there are no statewide issues, there are no statewide offices on the ballot, but every legislative seat is on the ballot. So starting Monday morning, Candidates can begin to file. We've seen some news trickle out. Reed DeMorna, the chairman of the House Education Committee, last week he said he's not going to seek re-election. Um, Bob Nanini, who's been uh, on both the House and Senate Education Committees, uh, he says he's running again. So the news is starting to trickle out, but we'll get the real torrent of news starting Monday. So over the next two weeks, I'll be updating that on my blog. So we'll have that election news couple of election bills that are really important to school districts, one that would move school trustee elections to the November general election, another that would change the way school trustees are elected. They'd be elected all across the entire school district rather than in little zones within the district. Both of those bills on tap for the Senate Education Committee on Monday afternoon. So we'll start in JFAC bright and early in the morning. We'll be in Senate Education well into the afternoon. And that's just Monday. It's going to be a busy week. It's going to be a full week. We are talking, though, about budgets coming together, which signals to me the end of the legislative session could be near. Do you happen to hazard a guess on when we might be closing the shop up? I'm not buying the whole St. Patrick's Day prediction that... Uh, was uh, floated out there at the beginning of the session. If I had to guess, I'm thinking that last week of March, because there's always something that comes along. You've got a calendar on your laptop. If I had to pick a date, I'll go with the 25th. That's a Friday. That's a good, uh, you know, that, that's a good safe bet. But we'll see. I'm gonna go one better. I'm gonna go the 24th. I think they will wrap it up prior to the Easter weekend and be done with all of that. Uh, 
But this can oh, change. Yeah, yeah. The twenty fifth is Good Friday. The, the legislature tends to try to work a short day on Good Friday. I yeah, think well, they'll be done well, the twenty fourth. Well played. Yeah, I, you may be right. Let's see. Or, let's, we may, or we may both be wrong. Well, that's happened once or twice before. Yeah. Let's let's see how we're doing. We'll update everybody in the next couple of weeks as this moves forward. In the meantime, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your day to listen to the Extra Credit Podcast. We will be back next week on Friday with a brand new episode. We'll have all the best coverage out of the State House Daily at Idaho Ed News. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.